At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers. Well, I hope everybody's doing well out there. Fall is in the air. Hunting seasons have begun everywhere in the country. We're almost started here in Michigan, but the youth hunt happened. There's an early doe season going on right now, and that means it's time for the game plan episodes. If you're not familiar, you can always go back and check out some of our posts. Every fall, we do podcast episodes with successful hunters to learn why they were successful. You know, what did they do in their hunt? Where did they sit? What type of habitat were they around or food were they hunting over? The reason we do this, we'll talk to somebody like we're talking to today, who is Corey and Easton Francis. Easton smoked a real nice 10-pointer during the youth season here. And what we do is we interview guys like Corey and Easton and gals throughout the fall to determine how we can take their advice and put it into a game plan for the following days for our seasons. So, for example, say somebody was over some acorns early season and they were successful. I heard that on a Wednesday. Maybe I can put that in my playbook, a game plan for this coming weekend and and be successful myself. So that's the point of these episodes. We're going to keep them short and sweet this fall, hear about the hunt, hear the story of the hunt, figure out why and dive into why these hunts are successful, and then you can take that information and advice, put that into your own game plan on your own property next weekend. So, guys, without further ado, we have Easton and Corey Francis. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsors and partners. We have Packer Max Colt to Packers, Hunt Wise, Killer Food Plots, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, The Habitat Hook, Stony Creek Realty, and Sound Barrier Hunting, a bunch of great companies who have supported us, and we would love if you guys would check them out. And uh, let's get right in to the game plan episode with Easton Francis. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Habitat Podcast. We have our very first game plan episode of the 2020 season. We have none other than Easton Francis on the line with his dad, Corey. How are you guys doing today? Good, how are you? 
Doing well, doing well. And Corey, how are you doing? Jared, I am great, sir. How are you doing today? Not bad. It's Friday. Um, I got to I got to look at a really cool buck picture come across my phone from you. You know, earlier this week or late last weekend, and uh, excited to hear the story from Easton. So, for anybody that doesn't know, we want to talk about Easton's hunt and hear the story and try to learn why Easton was successful. Um, so maybe guys going out here soon or maybe are opened up in other states can can take advantage of this. And uh, Easton, I don't know if you knew this, but my son's name is also Easton. Do you know that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you've heard that. <laughs> cool name. I think it's a great name. Well, cool. Let's get right into this. Um, why don't you tell us about who you are, Easton, how old you are, and how long you've been hunting? Uh, my name is Easton. I'm 11, and I've been hunting since I was about 7. Wow. Wow. Have you always been hunting with your dad, or do you go with other family members, too? Just my dad. Okay, very cool. And uh, last weekend was the youth hunt, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so tell us about, um, you know, a couple of days leading up to that hunt. What were you thinking about? Were you practicing your shooting, or where were you planning on going? Uh, so about a month before youth season, we actually went out there and planted a food plot with like brackas, sunflower seeds, and oats, and just a bunch of other seeds. And uh, we hunted there the first morning. Uh, we we saw quite a bit of deer, but no shooters. And then the wind wasn't great for that plot that night, so we decided to make a switch to a different spot right on the, right on the edge of a field and so we hunted there and then at about seven o'clock there was a small buck that walked in my dad's like shooter shooter and I'm like and I didn't think it was because I saw a small <laughs> one and then he's like there's another buck with it I'm like wait what so I hurry up and get the gun it I waited for it to get on the other side of the tree that was in front of me, and then I had a great shot, so I took it. Was that about probably 15, 20 yards? And smoked it, and it died like what, 40 yards ahead. So it was fun. Wow! And what night was that? Saturday night, or was that Sunday? Yes, yeah, Saturday night. Okay, and how big was this other buck that you passed? Uh, it was pretty small. Looks like a two-year-old, like a small two-year-old. Yeah, it's probably one and a half-year-old six-point. And this kid is uh, jaded on what's small and what's big. So, uh, <laughs> to me, it would have been my third biggest buck that he passed, probably. But you know, this this kid, you know, if it's not a booner, he's not pulling the trigger, right? <laughs> pretty much. That'll be probably next year. Wow, wow. That sounds like uh, quite the evening. Um, so tell us about what happened after you, you took the shot and you smoked him. Then what happened? I, like, really wanted to get out of the tree, but I knew we couldn't. We had to wait for uh, 
our family, they were hunting in a tree stand 200 yards to the right of us. And we waited till dark and then we got down. We all went to our car and then we drove over to where they were. And then we got them. And then we went and got the deer. And we just took it back to our farm, our property. And yeah, that's it. Wow, and tell me about this deer. What was he? Uh, he was a probably a three-year-old, and he scored 131 inches, 10 points. Wow, 131, you said? Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. That is awesome. Nice, nice job and nice shot. Kid's grinning from ear to ear right now when he got to say that. <laughs> so I, I say he's pretty stoked. I don't know anybody in Michigan who would not be stoked to shoot a 131-inch 10-point. That is awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So why do you think those deer were were coming to that hay field, or maybe they weren't, but what were they doing down there in that area? Uh, why do you think you saw the deer and, and got your opportunity? I honestly don't know. I think they could have been going to their bedding. So they're not just going to eat. Okay. So you remember the remember the soybeans and remember where our food plot was? What color were those soybeans getting that we talked about and that they might not be their preferred food source anymore? Okay. They were just getting yellow. Remember they were getting yellow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Beans were getting yellow, and we we just felt like the the food source was kind of dried up, and we had that alfalfa field on the on the north side of that on the north side of that farm. Okay, yeah, I've I've heard before uh, and seen before that alfalfa in the early season is dynamite. Yeah, it definitely is. Beans go green, alfalfa seems to be the the ticket. So. Midday, we had taken a drive around, and we didn't want to walk through the area, but we took a drive around and saw that the alfalfa looked like it was primed almost to be ready to be cut. So we figured that it, uh, it was going to be attracting some of the neighborhood deer, and we, we weren't wrong. There was about 20 to 25 deer in that field that night, I mean, about a 25-acre alfalfa field. Oh, wow. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong. I guess the the, the mindset or the thought would be, the beans are yellowing. Let's hop off the beans and find uh, a different green food source because the deer are shifting off the beans. Um, whether that would have been alfalfa or, you know, in my property right now, they're hitting all the cereal grains coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that make sense, like a decent plan for this time of year? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, I think there's still this time of year uh, through, you know, early October, they're just going to be on their – summer patterns slave to their stomach still uh, before, you know, they start kind of getting a little froggy chasing the girls. So right. finding the most current food sources is uh, that, I think, the best early season strategy to, to get on them, whether that's dropping acorns or uh, green food before they're really searching out those carbs. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Do you guys have any oaks in that, in the woodlots down there that are dropping acorns that you're aware of or? Yeah, there's a few, and then the stand of woods that we were in had some uh, a couple white oaks that looked like they were dropping. I noticed them as I walked in. I hadn't been in there 
all fall or all summer into that side of the farm. But uh, there were some acorns on the ground, so I was imagining deer either working their way filtering to us through the woods or uh, around us right into that, that hay field. Either way, it was going to mean deer walk by us. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, little hot tip right there for anybody listening. I think if you're if you're heading out, you know, mid September to to early October here, um, that green food source, the beans are yellowing, and then those acorns. And if you can get on a spot like you did where there's both, uh, that's that's pretty dynamite. Yeah, yeah, we positioned ourselves between bedding, which we have some overgrown, kind of like just overgrown ag field that blew up in box elders and. Uh, ragweed and uh, other types of forbs that it's five to five to seven feet tall so pretty much like a crp field and the deer just kind of get into those pockets of box elders and bed and for, it's far enough away from food source that bucks really seem to prefer to bed in there in the, in the uh early fall so we, we were we were betting on uh one of our shooter bucks that we had on camera betting in there and working his way to that hay field before dark and is that exactly how it went down? It is, and luckily I had sharpshooter here. Yeah, Easton. So it was about a it was about a fifty yard shot. So oh wow! Yeah, uh, okay. under undersold undersold his poke with the three fifty. He did a good job. That's what I was going to ask next. That three fifty. How do you like that three fifty? Uh, is that a legend, or what do they call that? Yeah, it's a three fifty legend. How do you like that gun? It's pretty accurate. I love it a lot. Does it kick you very much or not really? Not at all. Okay, that's that's good to know. I got the 450, but I got two little girls that are getting old enough to start shooting deer, so I've been thinking about that one myself. Would you recommend that one? Yeah. Okay, good. I don't think it kicks much different than, like, the really the, the 22 or two, really the 223, you know? It doesn't really kick any any different than that, so... It's a nice shooting gun. Wow. First time well, I, I shot it. it was a little more, but wow. Yeah, the first time I, okay. you know, put one through it just to make sure it was still on. You know, you anticipate the kick, and then it doesn't, and you're like, okay, I'm good. I always do that first shot of the year. I just kind of anticipate kick. Yeah. So, Easton, what are your plans for the rest of the deer season? Are you are you done hunting, and you're just going to – sit back and relax now or are you still going to get after it throughout uh, the rest of October, November, December here? I'm going to try to kill a dog before the end of the season and definitely going to keep hunting. Probably with the new crossbow you just got. Ooh. What'd you get for a crossbow? It's a, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I honestly, I forget what it is. <laughs> um, I'll, re- I'll, I'll think about it here in a minute, but, uh, it, it, you know, one of those 300, I think it's like 360 feet per second. We were looking for something, you know, under 500 bucks yep. and this one had decent reviews. I forget, I forget the name of it. It'll come to me probably by the time we hang up. No problem. No problem. Well, uh, I just have one more question for Easton. Easton, do you have any other advice you'd like to tell the listeners for uh, hunting this year? Uh, just be patient. Very nice. Okay. So it's a kid who's second deer that walks out to uh, stud. 
Hey, he's he's got a good guide too. It sounds like I don't know. Uh, I think you guys are are a pretty good team together. And Ethan, that's your what third wall mounter? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing great, my man. Thank you. And I'm not going to be able to afford to take him to the good spots anymore. Taxidermy bill is getting a little bit up there for him. I was going to say you're going to need to build. Uh, some taller, longer walls in your house for some more mouse. Yeah, a nice big cabin out at the farm. I like to live. I like the center of that one. There you go. Well, guys, anything else from you before we wrap this up? No, man. I appreciate you having us on. Uh, let Easton tell his story of, of his hunt. I, he did a good job. It, it's really cool to see, um, you know, the, that, that next generation. That, that, you know, you have a son too, and we we have this passion, and we leave our families on the weekends and try to balance it. It's really cool when when they get involved, have some success. Um, no matter how much you have to help, you know, kind of help along them along, uh, you know, the way. But the neat thing about it, he's you know he's 11 now, and he's starting to want to help doing habitat things, and he put that help me put in that food plot. In fact, I put in the seed, and he went in and rolled it, and uh, you know, did a lot of the four-wheeler work. So it, it's good to have some help doing this. But overall, it's just great to be able to share your passion uh, with your family. I I couldn't agree more. I I can't wait till uh, – I mean, I don't want to wish my kids to, to grow up, but, you know, the older they get, the more we're going to be able to do stuff like that together. So I'm excited for that next step. And, shoot, if I have half the success you guys do, I'm going to be a happy dad. Yeah. They uh, just one thing is kids have a, a, a great memory and the watch out is, is do not miss a deer with a shotgun at 15 yards in front of them, no matter how old they are, because they will <laughs> never forget it. Uh, one of my friends that not, you know, happened to a friend of mine, of course. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. And their kid has not stopped reminding them that they missed the deer at 15 yards with a 12 gauge. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that happens to the best of us. Yeah. But uh, yeah. other than that, and my kid's pointing at me right now, it must have been me. But uh, I was going to so, say, is that know. kid's name also Easton? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But, yeah, well, I appreciate it, Jared. Hey, anytime, guys. I'm glad to – I was glad to really get that, that text and see that buck. And, I mean, Easton, congratulations again. I think uh, we shared some helpful information here. Just kind of a recap, if the beans are starting to turn yellow, I'd probably get off of them for now and go find either that that uh, softer hard mass that's dropping right now and or alfalfa seems to do well uh, early season. So I appreciate you guys coming on. We're going to keep these uh, rolling throughout the season. So thanks again for coming on and being the first uh, guest on the Game Plan episodes, Easton. Thank you. All right, guys, take her easy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Jared. See ya. All right, thank you so much for coming on, Easton, and congratulations again, buddy, on that awesome buck. Corey, thank you so much for coming on as well. Guys, uh, we're going to have more great game plan episodes coming up throughout this fall. If you have a successful hunt, doe or buck, hit us up. Let us know. We'd love to get you on here. We want to cover different parts of the country and kind of give everybody a a broad range of, of what's going on at their time of the year, at our time of the year, in, in all these different places. So this was a great episode to kick off the game plan series this fall. 
Tune in. We have a couple awesome episodes coming up on the Habitat side of things, the non-game plan episodes. So uh, be sure to tune in. I want to thank Killer Food Plots, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Sound Barrier Hunting, the Habitat Hook, Huntwise, Stony Creek Realty, and Packer Max Cult Packers. Guys, tune in again soon. We have more episodes coming up that are awesome. And thanks again for listening as we become better habitat managers. to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. Six, eight Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.